Amit, you and I last spoke when you had the CD where it was you and a bunch of your uh, Peabody. Yeah, the Peabody cello gang, yeah. Right, right. Now now you're going it alone. I'm going it alone, yeah. This is, this is a climax, you know. Yeah, this must be a, a big event for you in your life. It is, it is. I've waited a long time, and especially with this cello. Um, I've played on it for six years before I... Um, dared to really go for it with, with this uh, amazing Suites by Bach and of course the first recording ever made of those Suites w- uh, was made on this cello by Pablo Casals in 1936 so no pressure huh? Right I'm interested in knowing Amit, and I think our listeners are too, when you mentioned that this this is the first time that his suites have been recorded on this instrument since Casals himself. Any idea why? Well, there are many reasons to it. I mean, the first one is that I think people were scared to, to dare to do it because it's so monumental. Um, he really was a pioneer of um, daring to record them and um, introduce them to the world as music, not just as exercises. And he did that with this cello. So for all cellists, um, it was just, I guess, scary. Um, maybe I'm just not scared because I'm Israeli and I have some chutzpah. But <laughs> but uh, I, I felt that after six years, I'm ready for it. And, and I'm saying it not because I, I think I'm good enough, just because I think I got used to the instrument enough so that I can really become myself and not compare myself to him while recording the pieces. So I felt completely at ease with the instrument as if it's an extension of my voice and not of his voice. And I think that's something that not uh, other cellists uh, have experienced with this cello because they've always had it for just one year max and uh, not for six years. And a cello, in order to become your own voice, you need time with. And I felt that now, after six years, it is really an extension of my voice and a part of my body. How did Marta Casals Istomin learn of you and and what was behind her choice to say, Amit, you're the next one? <laughs> well, um, for, she learned about me because I uh, appeared in her door um, belt one day um, with my cello and I played for her, but it was arranged by a mutual friend. Um, Marta Casals still lives in, in Washington in front of the Kennedy Center and I uh, was introduced to her by a mutual friend, um, a person who used to run uh, Washington Performing Arts uh, for 10 years. And uh, he himself, as an amateur cellist, wanted me uh, to meet her. And I did. I came to her apartment and um, I played for her. And I actually started with Bach. And after I played the prelude of the first suite, which starts my CD now with the Casals cello, 
um, she stopped me and she said, you know, I mean, usually I listen to young artists these days and I shut my ears off and I did, didn't do it when you played. And I was so happy. I was really amazed. And I said, oh, Mrs. Casals, this is such an honor. Thank you so much. And she said, would you mind if I give you some comments? And I said, oh, no, please, please. And then she killed me. She really killed me. She went on and on and on and telling me what I didn't do well and what I should do better and how to practice it. And then she said, well, let's move to the next dance. And we moved to the Alamand. And we moved then to the Courant and then to the Saraban. I played the whole suite. And then she moved to Dvoja Concerto. And after more than an hour of basically killing me, <laughs> she said, well, let's have a glass of wine. <laughs> and I, of course, agreed immediately. And I sat next to her and she said, you look like a big guy, I'm 6'5". And the maestro, as she refers to her late husband, the maestro was smaller. But if you want and have time, you can come to my New York apartment and try his cello. And that was it. I immediately said, of course I have time. <laughs> and I uh, came to New York, uh, it was two months later, and I tried the cello and I thought, this is it, I'm, I'm done. I did my share and uh, this is a dream come true. I, like many other cellists in the world, I think everybody, I grew up on his sound and on his recording. So to touch that cello one time was for me enough and more than what I've dreamt all through my life. So I was happy, but little that I knew, um, she had a plan and she wanted me to, to have the cello for the next year so I can share with the world his legacy, as I'm doing now, but also that I could find my own voice through it. Say, uh, talking about Casal's own recording, which we have all heard at one time or another, it's very old. When I listened to it, I thought, I feel this is as close, I feel, as I can get to Bach himself. This, this is so many decades old. Um, does it, does it, did it, was that a kind of your starting point? Did you listen to some other cellists? Early on? Well, actually, the, the opposite. I, I, of course, I know by memory every note that Casals played, uh, not just the Bach, but mainly the Bach suites. And I think uh, when you think about it, that he never had anything in his ear like we have. He never had it. There was no recording of it. He never heard anybody perform it. He was the first one to do it. So bearing that in mind, this is absolutely legendary recording, and it's so still until today so emotional the way he plays it I think like nobody else but of course with technology and with people growing up on other recordings uh, you set a, a sort of a higher standard uh, mainly technically um, but um, I, I wouldn't say emotionally but the process I went through was actually to go away from recordings that's that's why another reason why it took me longer time to make this recording um, of the Bach suites I wanted to get away from what I know so uh, Bach would sound, at least to me, and I hope to the listeners, but would sound as sincere, honest, and innocent as it can sound, because I think that's what Bach for me is. Um, it cannot sound like this if you are based your uh, interpretation on a recording of somebody else, let alone on 50 recordings that are all great. 
But Bach is like you giving a speech. It's not like anybody else. And if you give a speech and you try to imitate somebody else, people won't believe you. So in order to find my own way to give the speech, I needed to get away. And it was not an easy process because I love listening to this and I teach it every day and I'm involved with the suites. But I really made a decision once I decided with, with Mrs. Casals that I'm going to record this on the cello. Um, that I will get away from the recordings, especially of Casals, for a long while. And uh, so when I come to those three days of recording, three days of hell, where you just spend 10 hours a day, you, the cello and Bach, um, you are completely uh, alone and sincere and honest and innocent with your approach. And I, I hope I achieve that, um, for me at least, and, and as I said in the beginning, hopefully also for the listeners, so they will hear something fresh, something new, and they will feel that they know me a little better after this recording. I'm so proud of it, um, and it's really these days when CDs, you know, I, I, yesterday I was in my car driving my son, who is eight years old, uh, back from school, and he all of a sudden saw a CD, not the Bach CD, I never listened to myself, but <laughs> a CD, and my car is old enough that it actually still has CDs in it, and he asked me, hey dad, how do you put it in? <laughs> He doesn't even know how to put a CD in because it's all Spotify and, and iTunes and, and download. So I actually had to teach him how to put a CD inside the machine in the car. So in this era, but yeah, and that's the case with kids today. In this era of not making CDs because people need them, making CDs because you want to please or you want to document a certain period in your life as an artist. So 
I will be really happy and grateful if people would want to join me in recognizing that time and period in my life. But I really make this, made this CD and the next one, especially with Bach, because I want to document it. I want to look back in, in a few years and say, this is how I played it um, back in the day. <laughs> and uh, that, that's really all there is to it. Um, I, again, nobody, nobody makes money these days from CDs, especially classical music uh, CDs, but we do it because we want to sort of take a, an audio photography photograph uh, of a certain period in our life. So this is what it is. Mm -hmm.